0: All right, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. His name is M.R. Gorga, G-O-R-G-A. And we spoke back in July 2021 of his first rate book titled was Demons Among Us, Shocking Real Life Stories from the Paranormal. And now it's been a year, a little bit over a year, but it has 113 five-star ratings. It's a bestseller. So he reached out to me And said, hey, let's do something before Halloween. I was like on that right away. So I'm delighted to have him back. So Mr. Gorga, welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks for having me back. I'm excited for the show.
0: Cool. Um, Maybe people who didn't, and I'll put a link to our older show, but maybe you can just go over kind of your background, what led you to write this book, and then we can go into kind of some of the stuff you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I've been writing since I was a little kid, and uh, one of the stories there is uh, that I like to tell is, uh, my uh, fourth grade teacher had uh, given an assignment to write a story and I wrote some story about some mummy on a murdering spree or something like that and uh, some <laughs> subject matter but probably someone my age shouldn't be writing uh, and so I handed in and I was nervous and um, I get a, my parents get a phone call that night from my teacher <laughs> And I was thinking, I'm like, oh, man, I'm in real trouble, you know, for this story. But it was quite the opposite. He said, you know, uh, your son has a real talent for writing, you need to um, sign him up for the Young Authors Club immediately. And so... Uh, so I've been writing my, my whole life in some form or another. I, uh, uh, was in journalism and then advertising, uh, copywriting and marketing collaterals and things of that nature. And, uh, demons among us was my first foray into the paranormal space. And lo and behold, um, it went to number one bestseller on Amazon. Uh, and when I first released it, I reached, uh uh the new release in 10 categories which was ghosts and hauntings supernatural um uh, occults and demonism and uh and a and a whole bunch of other uh, categories i can't remember but um there are 10 of them and so it was quite a quite a first strike for first for first book
0: that's that's awesome so you really kind of really uh touched something people were interested in right I mean, so you have this great response. Can you talk about kind of the feedback you got from the book?
1: Well, the response has just been just overwhelming. I mean, and it's everywhere I go. I mean, it's other, you know, I had George Norrie himself who said, well, this is going to go down as a classic. You know that. And I almost, <laughs> I almost fell off my chair uh, for him to say that. Uh, and it's been, you know, praised by other uh, others in the paranormal space and radio space as well. Uh, but it's really making people feel comfortable to kind of come out and share their stories. You know, when you write a book like Demons Among Us, the whole time you're thinking, man, people are gonna think I'm I'm out of my mind here. People are gonna think I'm crazy. Um, and then I released it and then um, it was quite the opposite. It, it was, uh, the reaction was, um, it made f- people feel comfortable to come out and say, well, I've had this kind of situation and I have Uh, I have this story, and and this is something that happened that that had happened to me. Um, And all these kind of, like, haunting stories that people never felt comfortable sharing because people, they thought people were going to, excuse me, frown upon them or, you know, think they were crazy. And and so uh, the book has really just kind of made people feel comfortable. You know, even my own mother. And so she (laughs) says... She says, you know, I've read your book, and, you know, I have a story I never told anyone. I said, what? She goes, yeah. She goes, I've, you know, I've never told anyone all these years. So she tells me the story. Now, I won't tell the story because it's hers to tell, but I was just shocked. So she tells me the story, and I said, I said, well, why didn't you ever say anything? Like, all of these years? She goes, I just, you know, just never did, just kept it inside and, you know, and, uh, and so, but the book itself was is kind of making people kind of feel comfortable about speaking about these kinds of supernatural paranormal experiences people have uh, without them thinking that they're, they're crazy or they're, you know, they're mad or anything like that, um, because these things have been happening since the beginning of time. And um, it's just happening all around us in this in the invisible realm, and uh, you know there's stories from the dawn of time about this kind of stuff. So it's it's not a matter of being crazy.
0: And almost in all, almost all cultures have this notion of evil spirits and good spirits. So yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, so it's almost universal outside of language or culture or ethnicity. Like it is.
1: It is. That's why I put um, the. Right in the beginning of the book, I have a quote from a Chinese philosopher, and he says, um, "If from antiquity, from or from the beginning, from antiquity or from the beginning of time until now, men have heard the the voices of disembodied spirits and seen their forms, um, how can we say these things don't exist?" And this was written in like 480 BC, I want to say. I have to go back and look, but uh, you know, and this was like an ancient quote. So, uh, so, but this is how far back this this thing goes, and, and, and it's he's in right. the Bible I, too.
0: Yeah, it's in the Bible. So the book, the sure. most read book in the Old Testament, talks about that. God says, "Don't communicate with spirits." And then, yes, there's absolutely. the witch at Endor. I think it was the witch at the Endor. witch of Endor. Yeah. yeah. yep. Oh, yeah, I mean, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, to bring so up Samuel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So he tried to con. Yeah, tried to conjure up uh, Samuel at the witch of Endor. Uh, but yeah, so these things have been, you know, trying to communicate and to trying to uh, influence and you know affect lives since you know since the dawn of time.
0: And what kind of new encounters have you kind of had? You say people are reaching out to you with new stories. I know your mom has a story. What other kind of things have people told you about or confirmed for you? Or
1: oh wow, well people they call, they they reach out and they tell me. Like, while well, I have something in my home, there's um, experiencing poltergeist experiences that, you know, they, they thrash my home and they you know, or um, the, I don't know how to get rid of these things and they attack me. Um, one one was, I like, guess, trying to pull my hair out or, you know, cut my hair for, I guess, some kind of like demon incantation of something some sort, but and when these people tell me these things you can really really sense the um the helplessness in their voice because these are very very tormenting spirits they they torment people's lives and um you know and b- people feel very very helpless against them and uh so I hear these kinds of stories from people you know all the time
0: i had one too when i was growing up this was the most like straight laced girl that I knew you would just like a preppy. You would think that she had nothing. Her house was haunted by some kind of poltergeist. And she said it literally like walked through her at night and it would do certain things. Like it was still alive. So it was like, they thought it was the former owner. And, but you, if you saw her on the street, you'd never know that she had had this horrible experience, you know, like they were, they were traumatized. Like I think they got tried to get like a, you know, faith healer or something to kind of exercise the house. But mm, mm. It was in a wealthy community, you know, very strange, very different.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it stuff happens to, you know, normal everyday people, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, we can open doors to these things, but, you know, sometimes this stuff just happens to, you know, just your your everyday citizen, you know.
0: I mean, do you, did you find proof that demons are, exist? I mean, I know in old, what is it, the Solomonic magic, the Galicia. There's 72 demons. I mean, did you, do you think that these are real entities, not figments of the imagination or some psychological thing?
1: No, no, I, I, okay. So the proof I have is my own personal testimony uh, and my own experiences. So when you're talking about, you know, uh, proof, all I need to do is, is you resort back to my own personal encounters. Uh, And not only my personal encounters, but the personal encounters of many, 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 many people from the beginning of time. (laughs) So, you know, all these people are, you know, uh, insane. Uh, And, you know, not only that, you see the effects of, you know, of what these things, you know, do to uh, people's uh, individuals, individual lives um, and things of that nature. So that's a real proof right there. But to me, it's, you know, all the numbers of going back, since you know, to, to day one. I mean, it's astronomically impossible for, <coughs> mathematically impossible for, you know, these vigs not to be real and everybody imagining them since the dawn of time.
0: So do you think definitely there's some entity, there's some, some other realm where these entities exist and come into our plane of existence,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's, it's, it's the spirit realm, it's the demonic realm. And uh, it's functioning um, at a high degree all around us 24 seven. And um, the reason why I wrote the book was to kind of um, pale back the veil of the paranormal to to expose those things that were actually happening uh, in the invisible world or the invisible realm, um, to kind of shed light on these things. And, and um, you know, the reason uh, I wrote it was because I was going uh, under a series of attacks at night, you know, nightly for, you know, week, to 10 days or two weeks or whatever it was. And uh, so I was getting choked by invisible iron hands uh, that would, you know, practically choke me to death and with, you know, come with like paralyzing fear. Um, like
0: sleep paralysis type thing.
1: Um, well, more than sleep paralysis. I don't know of any sleep paralysis that involves choking with hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> And you, uh, you've,
0: you've kind of become a pretty, uh, committed Christian through your experience, right? I don't know if you were yeah. raised as in a Christian or.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, uh, my background was, I was, as a kid, I was raised Catholic, but it didn't really matter. It's not like, you know, the, the parents dragged us to church, but it really had no kind of bearing on, on, uh, you know, our lifestyle or, you know, our decisions or our life or anything like that. It was just go to church and and then just act and do and be any way you want, right? So it had no real kind of inward working. Um, Later on in life, I became a follower of Jesus Christ. uh, And that's when uh, things just started happening uh, immediately with, um, you know, satanic attacks and manifestations of that nature. I mean, since day one for me.
0: Wow. And so how would you define yourself, a Bible-believing Christian or not a Catholic or what? Because uh, I, I would say that would be my definition of myself as a Bible-believing Christian.
1: Right. I consider myself a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't ascribe to a lot of the tags uh, simply because, you know, we've messed them all up. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and so to to make it easy... I just say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe, yes, I believe fully in the Bible. Um, and I believe in the power that he's actually endued his followers uh, to overcome all these these demonic entities.
0: And so you, uh, I mean, we talked the last time, I know I have my notes from actually from last year. We talked about kind of some of these films that are out there, New England. Uh, I know we covered some of the old English stuff, but. Is there anything like other, the history that we didn't talk about last time that you'd like to talk about? today?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think the, uh, you know, the witch trials was the first witch panic in, uh, in early America. But the it goes even earlier than that. The first witch panic actually happened in Connecticut um, in the 1650s, which is like 40 years before the Salem witch trials. Uh, so, the, so the Salem witch trials were in 1691, and this stuff was happening in 1653 or 55 or somewhere around there, um, and it has the first one of the first recorded um, uh, witch trials and execution in early American history, and that was in Hartford, Connecticut. And so the story is really, really interesting. So there was um, uh, it was the it involved a, a confessing or professing witch named Rebecca Greensmith. And she was in prison, um, uh, for witch crimes. Um, and so she was already in prison when this story takes place. Well, what happened was there was this woman, uh, a Christian woman and a godly woman in the community. Her name was Anne Cole. And you know, history records her as very pious. And, um, and so she started experiencing some, um, some, like a trance-like state. And she would go into this, tr- like this trance-like state. And within that state, she would start hearing these voices. Um, and it, it turns out what she was, and they were plotting against her life. And it turns out she was hearing the voice of these demons, almost uh, imagine like a round table right so there's this demonic discussion between numerous demons discussing how they're going to ruin her life and they are saying well you know we could we could destroy her marriage we can we can spoil her good name you know we can you can mar her um you mar her name in, you know in relation to christ and 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 things of that nature and then in that conversation uh, she overhears, well, who are we going to get to do it? And the name Rebecca Greensmith comes up. And so, um, uh, Cole tells her husband, her husband tells, um, the ministers, the ministers tell two other ministers, and then they confront Re- Rebecca Greensmith, who was already in prison for other witch crimes. And uh, she, I guess she was just waiting trial, I guess, for, for the other crimes. So, so, but when they confront her, she confesses that it's true. She says, yes. She goes, I was, yeah, I was going to be a, a, a part of this thing. And then they start talking to her and pressing her for information. And then she just comes out with this amazing confession uh saying uh, detailing the relationship that she had with the devil and so she had said um that the devil had first appeared to her in the form of a fawn and after a few times and it followed her homes and after a few times he finally spoke through the fawn right and so and then and then after that he starts to kind of like like, show himself in, you know, in physical form, and uh, not, not only that, so she would have these witch gatherings in the woods and have, you know, uh, you know uh, witch masses in the woods, uh, if that's a term, so she would have these witch meetings in the woods and everything, and so she confessed to that where they would drink sack or a form of wine at that time and dance around the fire and try to conjure spirits uh, and unleash, you know, Witchcraft spells over the land and everything. and um and so, but then it was the most shocking confession of all. she says, i have I have had regular sexual encounters with the devil. and she described it as ecstatic and repulsive at the same time. And so she said, you know so she uh, it was it but it was this confession which led her to her execution. And so they executed her uh, in Hartford, in, in the middle of Hartford at the Square, uh, alongside her husband. So they were both executed for her crimes. I'm not exactly sure of all, the, all what he was involved in, but they hung her beside, uh, they hung on both.
0: Oh, that's incredible. I've never heard that story. I mean, there was a lot of weird things going on in New England at that time, believe it or not. Like mm-hmm. I've read some of the Cotton Mather stories. Oh yeah, Increase fantastic. Mather. They talk yep. about a lot of. It was much more strange than people would think. They think of these very dry, uh, Puritan types. There's no, no,
1: cool. they weren't, and, and you got to understand who these people were. They weren't dumb backwards people. These were the leaders of the early nation. These were the like the creme de la creme because Increase Mather was the most revered. Um, minister of the town of, uh, of Boston. And so basically, uh, people were, you know, to report to him, you know? Uh, and so he, when he died, I mean, he was so revered, um, that when there was a month long mourning period in the colonies because, uh, this man was so revered of who he was. I mean, he helped, he helped build colonies and, you know, and, and uh, you know, towns and, you know, so this man, you know, we're talking about these ministers at the time, they weren't, they, they they were not uneducated, these were very, very, very smart people for that time period, and even now, because when you read their writings, um, or their sermons, they still speak with power, and an unction or an anointing that's still on them, that's, it. it blows me away, the level and depth of spiritual insight that these people have, which would make our generation absolutely um, sad. In fact, they'd probably roll over in their graves if they saw the condition of the church today.
0: Good point. It really is a good point. They were very intelligent and dedicated. Yes. and yes. Uh, I've read yes. some of Jonathan Edwards' stuff. What is it, mm-hmm. Whiteside, one of the itinerant ministers? Uh, I can't remember. He's in the First Great Awakening. I forgot his name. Whitfield. Mm-hmm. I think Whitfield. Whitfield, too. George Whitfield. George Whitfield. Yeah. But I mean, why do you think that there was I mean, why do you there's so much witchcraft and things like that happening at the first really the inception of this country? Why do you think that was happening? Why I mean, and even that story, I want I'm curious also a second question would be, how did you find of that story about Rebecca Greenspan?
1: Like, well, when you do, you know, research for a book like Demons Among Us, you you really land yourself down some really dark rabbit holes. And I, you know, in my in my investigation or research of witchcraft, somewhere it came up along the line. I don't know. (laughs) It was in my it's in my resources somewhere. Uh, And uh you know, it was just one of those stories. I tried to actually put it in Demons Among Us, but I, I had to edit it out because at the end of the day, it, it just did not fit. I couldn't make it fit because, it, you know, when, once you get to that editing process, you're like, well, this doesn't, I want it there, but it's not servicing the story in the way that it should. So I had to kind of cut it out. And so uh, but but it's a story that I like to tell because it's it's you know very little known and it's it, it's f- fantastically horrifying. Um, and I have a theory about why there was so much demonic activity uh, in the early days of America when when we first came over from England. And my speculation is uh, a spiritual speculation. So when we, so the, so when we were escaping or the, the church, these people, these Protestants were Reformationists, I, I should say. So when these Reformationists were escaping the bloody persecution from the Church of England and England itself, um, where many people were, were, were died and tortured and, you know, at their hands, uh, because they wanted to reform a reformed pure church without the pomp and ceremony, of uh what they called like popery or popish trash and ornamented because it was not you know they read the bible and what the catholic church was doing was not in the bible <laughs> so uh so they wanted a reformed purer church than what was in and this is where that skirmish led to the persecution so they come over um, and it's, you know, men like, you know, Bradford and they come over like on the Arbella, you know, and, in you know, the ships in that, you know, in, in that, uh, you know, uh, in that journey, there's like, I think there's like 12 ships. I, I, I could be wrong, but anyway, so the reason why they came to America in the first place, A, they felt called of God and B, um, it was in their hearts to establish a land for the uh, the glory of god like the world had never seen and this was written by increase mather who you've mentioned and this was the sole purpose of them coming over was to establish a land for the glory of god so here we have these very godly people coming over here and so much so and and so driven in their faith that they were you know they've endured persecution and they said we got we got to get out of here because you know these guys are killing us, right? So we're going to go worship God in this new land. Well, you get to the new land, and the new land is, uh, you know, is trees upon trees upon trees upon trees, and in those trees are native the the Native Indians and Native Americans and tribes, and so, um, so that was something that they've always kind of they had to you know they had to kind of uh, get along with the with the Indian tribes, but they they really tried to minister to them. Uh, they would not accept it for a very, very long time because I, I read a, uh, uh, a tribe's—one um, of the tribe leaders, uh, he said to John Hale, he said, well, why didn't you tell us sooner? He says, we've been trying to tell you for 27 years. You won't listen. <laughs> and so—because there was a period where revival really started to kind of break out and pe- these Indians were getting saved and um, and they were coming to Christ. And so anyway, um, it, their thing was with their, um, their, uh, their, what's it called, their, their um, uh, what's it called, they're dancing around the-, the Oh, kind of
0: the tribal-
1: The- uh, uh, oh, Powwow? The powwows, right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was escaping my thoughts yes yeah, so their thing was with the powwows because what they were doing with the powwows is they were conjuring spirits right animal spirits for healing which they believed would they were taking um, dictation from the spirit realm but the the reformationist reformationists understood they were getting dictation but they were getting dictation from the demonic realm and so they were and they were offering sacrifices to the you know, uh, to plants and to the fires, um, tobacco, um, and things of that nature. So they were, and so they did this to where they didn't know how to heal, and they did this um, whether to know when to go to war, and so this was so ingrained in their their culture that they had a hard time disconnecting from this ritual because there's power in ritual, and so the you know so the Indians had a hard time. Um, stopping their, you know, the powwow. So I think this was um, a, a contribution to it. So when these these men of God um, came onto the new onto the new land, onto the soil they wanted to establish for God, it awakened a demonic, uh, the demonic realm, and there we start seeing all this this otherworldly stuff.
0: Trust him,
1: because it was never it had never been infiltrated before.
0: Not in not in a long time, right? Yeah, if if ever, so right. they, it was the first kind of thing. So yeah, then that's the that's response my theory. To this Christian. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. And yeah. but I mean, I think it's interesting too because around the time when they're leaving England, that's when all kinds of witch stuff was going on there as well. It yeah, they had like, stuff
1: going on there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and they, they came the- over, and they, you know, listen, a lot of people didn't leave their superstitions behind. You know, there's judges who were superstitious, and there's you know, so there was people they were raised in superstition as well. So I don't want to paint everybody as that they were perfect, godly, you know, Christians or whatever. These were normal people who believed in God. And, they, you know, and they came over with their superstitions, excuse me, and their beliefs and, their, and everything that you know, you, you just don't leave a country and, and stop being who you are when you land on the other side, you know,
0: Right, but King James, uh, conquist, right alongside the King James Bible, he wrote mm-hmm. that book, *Demonology*, which is yes, he thought did. there were three witches in Scotland who were trying to curse him and cursed his boat trying to cross the channel. And yeah, so he and his, thought that it was real. Well, James yeah, did.
1: because they think it, they they caused his wife to go overboard, and so it was like right after his honeymoon, and so he was coming back from his honeymoon, and the storms rise, and and you know here he and he believed it was it was the, due to witchcraft, and that's what caused him to write *Demonology*.
0: Which is a very interesting book. It's actually really fascinating. How would you, (laughs) I mean, so you have this kind of concept of witchcraft. Some people say it's good. There's white witches, there's black witchcraft. What's your take on your definition? I know that there's modern stuff is much different maybe than the old concept, but what do you, how do you define and describe the term witchcraft?
1: Yeah, I don't think witchcraft is either white or black. It's uh, two sides of the same coin um, and it's both two sides of uh, uh, satanic uh, roots. So it's a demonic root. So it's, you're practicing the same side of the coin. Now, the white magic is, you know, uh, herbal met, you know, herbs and, you know, and, and spells and things of that nature. And the black magic is for, you know, darker nefarious reasons. Um, but they're both branches of the same demonic tree.
0: And oh, by the way,
1: and by the way, there's there are no good demons in the spirit realm,
0: right? But I've heard that said, like, oh, I'm a white magician, I'm only interested in roots and you know healing and stuff like that. But I've always found yeah. them to be kind of facile that argument, and
1: yeah, know, I well, just don't, I don't buy it. Yet. Yeah, no, that's my take. My take is there is, you know, there a there's no good demons, and and b you're still operating. Um, and functioning under demonic power whether it's white or black
0: and do you think that those kind of demonic powers are more prevalent today than do you think that it comes and goes like the influence of these dark spirits in civilizations i mean we well, can go all the way back to um how, what is it uh the earliest kind of civilization in the middle east and it's like they're talking to demon gods or demons Yes. That's
1: spirits. what the Well yeah, well that's what those gods were. You talk about the, the Canaanite gods and you talk about uh you know, you talk about Dagon and you talk about uh you know, all those types of, you know Canaanite gods and uh they were all, you know, demons and you know, even the Bible says I you know, and they sacrificed their children to these gods. And then the Bible he says, the the Lord. He says, You sacrifice your your children to demons, something I've never told you to do, nor would have entered into my heart, you know? And so they were, you know, you know, they were, they were worshiping. That's why idol worship is dangerous because it's not worshiping an idol. It's worshiping a demon. Right. Right. And so you have all these different civilizations that have all these different gods. And then that transfers over into the Greek and Roman things too, where you, you know, you have, um, what was it? The the Greek gods became the Roman gods, or the Roman gods became the Greek gods, or or you no, know, just a different name on them, you know. Right, right, yeah. And so, and it was the same, you know, the same thing. Um, and so they were believing in you know demons under a you know under a under a various name, you
0: know. Right. I mean, so so that's it. Do you think that those like the dark? I've heard some of these other Christian authors. They talk about the dark gods returning or the gods uh, oh, lowercase god you know um, do you yeah. think that they're still at work or they're coming back or anything like
1: that yeah well my the way i i look at it is there's always been um the same amount of demons on the excuse me on the earth uh or you know operating and functioning in this unseen realm uh the spirit realm uh, there's just as many demons and when they, you know, when they were expelled, you know, what these demons are is fallen, uh, fallen angelic uh, beings um, who were expelled or cast out of heaven for rebellion against, against God, trying to overtake the throne under Lucifer's lead. And so when they were kicked out of heaven, uh, Lucifer took a third of the angels with him. And so... Uh, it's an awful lot of angels um, that, that fell. I don't, have, I don't know an exact number, but the same number, I believe, the same number is still operating. It's just now I uh, believe they're increasing the intensity um, because they know the time is short, meaning that uh, I believe we're actually entering into or on the cusp of the last of the last days. And as we see the last of the last days approaching, uh, you're going to see a real uptick in demonic activity. Not so much in like you know uh, the appearing as devils and monsters with horns and you know all that kind of stuff. You're just going to see an uprising in evil ideologies, and uh, uh, because he needs people to work through. And so he's going to work through government systems. He's going to work through financial systems. He's going to work through, um, especially the financial system, um, because uh, the last days is uh, is hallmarked um, by, by false miracles, uh, false Christs, uh, an Antichrist, um, political leader, and a one-world a uh, banking system that you access with your hand to buy and sell anything, what the Bible calls the mark of the beast. And not long ago, I saw a news report that there were people with things in their hands and they were buying stuff, right? Now, Revelation, the book of Revelation tells us um, uh, he causes the devil or Lucifer, he causes all, both great and small, uh, to receive a mark in their hand or their forehead. Uh, and without it, no one can buy or sell. Um, and so there's a point where um, there's going to be a leader who, who makes people um, take this banking system chip, right? We, now we, we know it's, it's probably like some sort of like, like chip, some microchip. But the revelator or John the revelator who wrote that could only speak in the vernacular of his time. He didn't know what a microchip was, so he called it a mark. (laughs) So um, I find it astounding that this was written thousands and thousands of years ago, and it's happening exactly like he saw it in every way, shape, and form. And so when I saw people walking around and buying things with the palm of their hand, that led me to think, well, here we are. Because it's never been that way before,
0: right? You can do that at the whole Whole Foods near where I live. You have the option to do a handprint, and use wow. that as your payment. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's well, cool. first, it's going to be optional, um, and you're going to see. I think something like um, COVID and the whole mask thing was uh, basically a soft launch, and so you're really going to see how uh, people react. Um, so they're going to be kind of. Persuaded by, well, you're not going to be able to feed your kids. You're not how you're going to make money, right? I have to, I have to work. I have to take this mark. I have to feed my children. I have to take this mark. But once you take that mark, that's allegiance to the beast system. You're not getting saved after that. You've chosen who you want to follow. So the beast system is something that is um, um, aligns you with the. with the devil and his system. And so, but yeah, so the reason why I said all that is because um, people are walking around using this thing in their hands, something that somebody saw thousands and thousands of years ago to an absolute coming to pass to an absolute T Makes me believe we're at the last of the last days and 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 marching towards them.
0: I mean, think about that. Think about how many uh, the Book of Revelation is involved in the Bible, and people don't. They just said it's there. We don't know for thousands of years. And I right. think even Martin Luther said, "We don't understand this; you should just be taken out of the canon and put." Well, they couldn't up.
1: understand it because yeah. it was. This written for so far in the future. Those those technologies didn't exist. The money system, there is no way to create a one-world monetary system without you know, without this, um, this this computer technology that we have now. So um, it, and that just didn't exist. I mean it would at one point it would have been uh, impossible before Christopher Columbus <laughs> sailed to the new world, right? It was impo- the th- just the very thought of sailing uh, uh, across the the ocean in that regard. It didn't, and it was insane, and it was just impossible, right? And so I say that to say that it was talking about that uh, revelation to that generation back then. It would have sounded insane. <laughs> Right. And it would have sounded absolutely impossible. How is this going to happen? Because they couldn't, you know, they didn't have what we have now.
0: They don't have the technology. They don't have, they the, don't travel, have the technology. There's the, no way they could conceptualize that, the average person. Right. I mean, the, the incredible, yeah, uh, you know, advance of a technology, even in the last 50 years. I mean, it's yeah. pretty something else. And I mean, you talk about these exorcists and things like that. I mean, they're still operating today. What yeah. do you think? How can you tell somebody's under demonic influence or have given themselves like I've heard for people to be influenced, they have to say, come into my, you know, body or whatever. You, what's your what are your thoughts on possession and how people are, are uh, showing signs of demonic influence? Right. Yeah.
1: Well, possession itself, I mean, that's the most extreme form, right? So the devil is going to take somebody over bodily, literally enter into their, into their body, take over their spirit, take over their soul. Right. And so that's the most extreme form. Of course, um, the violence comes with it. The vulgarity comes with it. The, um, you know, the superhuman strength comes with it. Um, and just, you know, the, order the starvation, they try to starve people. Um, so that they they don't eat and they they wither away so they really you know destroy um the human uh, an individual uh literally from the inside out um you know and then of course you've seen things like you know demonic languages and intelligences and things of that nature so possession itself is the most extreme form um of the working of the demonic and that's 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 obvious right <laughs> you see somebody I, eating I see bugs that. Yeah. You, yeah, like the, the you see somebody. Is based, like,
0: yeah, it's based upon a yeah. true story called Possession, right? About exactly. It, he was yes. around with that Ouija board, you
1: know. right? And then, and so people, um, and how this happens is people start tampering with the, the tools or the instruments of uh, the demonic. What you just mentioned uh, the the meat the Ouija board, tarot, um, spiritists, and 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 uh, and uh, and witchcraft, and fortune tellers and palm readers horoscopes and uh, trying to contact the dead and these people they are hearing things but you know they're not hearing their sweet old grandmother um, you know they're impersonating your sweet old grandmother so you're actually hearing from demonic intelligences so what these actually the these things actually do is they open up somebody to um, to to the demonic realm and invite these, these things um, invite them. They look at it as a doorway or as an invitation. So you're inviting these things into your life by the use of these things. And so, and if you try to get uh, a demon out or whatever, they would say something to the effect, well, I was invited. They want me here. This one's mine, right? I was invited. Well, no one said, you know, come into me. They were just trying to mess around with a Ouija board or whatever, right? Um, But they see tampering with the spirit realm as a, um, you know, as an invitation. And I like to say this, um, entering into the spirit realm unprotected uh, uh, under Christ or unprotected by God is like jumping into a sea, into a shark tank full of sharks, and so you're going to get mauled <laughs> at some point, right? Um, and so, yeah, so all of these things, they they work as a, an entry point uh, into an individual's life. And the more you tamper with them, the more susceptible you become to actually uh, being uh, influenced and harassed. Now, I said possession is the most extreme form, and that's the obvious form. And then there's the not so uh obvious form which is the everyday functionings of the demonic uh, spirits and principalities in the everyday life and what i mean by that is is that if we could look at it um uh look at the spirit realm as uh influencer marketing and we all know what influencer marketing is right so we we take this product and we give it to somebody uh who has a billion followers on instagram and you say hey promote my product and then they take this product and they disseminate it to all the you know all of the minions and then minions start to um talk about it to the you know to the, the the other people right now if i was a smart devil um or smart Lucifer, um, which he is, um, who would be the people that you try to go after with your, to inject an ideology or an idea or a cause, right? I would go after the most influential people in the world. So I would go after presidents and heads of state. I'd go after judiciary, those in the judicial system, those in politics. I would go after rock stars. I would go after um, actresses and, and entertainers, entertainers and singers, um, and uh, sports stars and 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 networks. I would go after all of these people and inject my um, my beliefs or my causes into these people. So now here we got because we we're under a satanic system is what we all live under, right? And so that's, and that's how it works. So you take this, this, this cause, and it goes out to the masses. Now these spirits, um, they all, in addition, these spirits, they also have roles and functions. Uh, and we all have names. Uh, you have a name, I have a name, but it's best recognized by uh, what they do and the function they perform. And so what most people have never even considered um is that there's spirits uh th- th- there's spirits that are operating um like the spirit of fear so fear is a spirit um, spirits of suicide spirits of anxiety spirits of of uh, depression uh spirits of lust and pornea where we get our word pornography from spirits of pharmacoy, where we get our term pharmaceutical from and that word pharmacoy actually means sorceries and so we have all of these spirits working in the world around us influencing our everyday lives and we don't even know it and you don't have to bow down to a statue of the devil to worship satan or lucifer um, all you have to do is be out from underneath the governments and the principles of god to be under the principles of Satan.
0: Interesting. And do you, what's your, why are they, why are the demons so malevolent? Why do they want to harm people or cause pain and suffering?
1: Well, they, well, first they they hate humanity, right? So first of all, they, they have an eternal hatred uh, for humanity. Um, And so the, the devil uh, in the Bible, it says the devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And that's his mission—is to kind of um, g- destroy God's creation to get back at God. And so that's that's why it is—is is because he, you know, he has an intense hatred for mankind because it's the creation of God, and he wants to destroy it, however he can. So
0: it's it's biblical. It's all there. Yeah, it's deeper um, than
1: you, it's deeper than you think, you know.
0: It's like the cause of cosmological hatred or whatever for being thrust out. And <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. I've had guests on who say that aliens are demons, because the metaphysics and all the stories are really the same stories the UFOs. Yeah. they're seeing lights or they're scared or afraid, taken somewhere. Mm-hmm. What's your take on the whole are UFO's demons um, position?
1: okay so the bible says that um so the devil has supernatural power to transform himself into an angel of light and not just the devil i'm talking about the whole the whole realm right <clears throat> and so they have power to transform themselves if, into any form or that they want so they can appear like you're. You know your sweet grandmother they can appear like your deceased father or mother and so they can take on many many forms in order to deceive they're highly skilled at deception and their whole thing is to not just kill steal and destroy is but is to deceive and so i believe that these aliens are demons in masquerade and because you hear some of these stories and they're always offering the same thing that was offered in the Garden of Eden, knowledge. They're always offering some form of knowledge and it's the same. They've never changed the tactic since day one. So when someone, when Satan entered into the, into the Garden of Eden, he says, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Meaning like there's something there's something here you don't know. I'm going to give you this knowledge and and that's what they always do. And I, I believe that they actually do that on a high governmental level too.
0: Interesting, it's interesting you say that because since my reading into the occult and these people, they always misinterpret and reread the Garden of Eden story because their view, it's God is keeping you from the tree of knowledge. And they always talk about knowledge. Yeah. So God is keeping you from knowledge, which means that we have the knowledge, but they always leave off the additional phrase. Phrase, right. Of right. Good and exactly. evil.
1: The knowledge of good and evil. Right.
0: <laughs> and you'll see that sign. Like you'll see the tree of life with a lightning bolt on it. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, you'll see that symbology in movie, movies and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what that symbols. means. is like Lucifer yeah. giving you the tree of knowledge, the one, the knowledge right. that God is keeping from you, you know?
1: Right. And so when you see some of these like alien stories, the MO is exactly the same. Uh, and, and so, uh, it, nothing's changed. So to me, these are just demonic entities uh, in masquerade, you know, demons with masks on. And I believe UFOs are also, it's almost like this, it's almost like this demonic firework, exp- the, you know, display. Like, you know, they can transform, they can create things and forms and things of that nature. And the, like you said, the, the the physics, excuse me, if something going, you know, 90,000 uh, miles an hour and just making a right turn. Like that's not sophisticated knowledge, uh, technology. That's like something in the spirit. Like, that's like something spiritual. Why do they disappear? They disappear. Right? right? So there, it, there's a spiritual dimension to them. And I believe it's just uh, a deception of, of evil and the demonic. And I see, I think as we go into these last days, More and more, we're going to see more of this stuff, this kind of stuff, in order to deceive deceive mankind away from the knowledge of God.
0: It's really interesting because if you believe these are UFOs, then the entire kind of God, Christian, maybe biblical view is questioned because then the creation is different and there's actually other beings in the universe or whatever. So it kind of does play into that realm. And the UFOs are also tricksters, kind of like the demons are. So there's a lot of similarities and a lot of strange things. And mm-hmm. also, a lot of these people are like, oh, the UFOs are your friends. They're not actually, uh, you know, trying to deceive you. They're coming here. Right. To, but they well, never they're not really going to come and
1: say we're trying to deceive you. That's what deception is. Right. right? It and so it's funny. I forget who I was talking to. And they said something in regards to... Um, Well, you know, what if what if the alien came down and told us, you know, such and such about, you know, the planets or such and such about this or that? And so I immediately said, how do you know it would be telling the truth? So we all have this idea that the aliens are going to come down. They're going to tell us something. (laughs) What, What makes you think that they're going to tell you the truth?
0: There's something well, that that's like already. Why don't they come here and just tell us? Why don't they just visit right. on, like, uh, DC drop down, say hi? Why are they? <laughs> what are they running away? You know, yeah, why isn't know. there tangible evidence or something? Right. Well, a lot I... of issues there?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Mr. We are at almost at the hour. Do you have time to take a few questions?
1: Oh yeah, that'd be great.
0: Let's see, I've got some lined up here. Um, Murda, the case says, what happens to people who make deals with demons, like using the Goetia?
1: Every deal can be negated by uh, by God. And so I think that um, people like to make a league or a contract or a bargain or a con compact, however you want to say it, right. Um, the The devil has you believe that you're in a contract that you can't get out of and he has your soul. Um, that tie can be broken. Uh, by God through the power of Jesus Christ, so um, He cannot keep your soul. Jesus is stronger, bigger, badder, and meaner.
0: Gotcha. And Sabrina asked, "Did you do you have any knowledge of kind of like the more extreme Christian groups coming to the New World, kind of like Rosicrucians?"
1: Uh, I haven't come across that uh, uh, in what I have researched. So the research I, I you know, that I came across was um, that intrigued me was uh, basically um, the coming to the new world to me is a fascinating story. Um, and so, uh, and then some of the people of that community, I found very fascinating. Uh, and so, um, my, my research, I haven't dug around for it. Maybe it's there. I don't know, but, um, my research hasn't, hasn't taken me there.
0: And then Space Marine asked, do you think the jabs might make people more susceptible to demonic possession?
1: Yeah, I think that there was something about altering the DNA. So I think there was a real, real uh, demonic evil push behind this thing. Um, Will that remains to be seen? I think we'll 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 start getting the, ba- the bottom of that in the coming years. But I think there was something very, very. Highly, extremely sinister on a scale that we've never seen before in humanity.
0: Well, that's a bold statement. I think I agree with you. And it kind of ties into the Mark of the Beast. You saw this massive psychological yes. operation. Also, you can't have a job. Like these mandates right. said, you're not able to work. So it sounds that's almost right. something like what they'll do with the Mark of the Beast.
1: I think like it was it, a soft launch for the Mark of the Beast. Yeah,
0: you're right. I think you're right. Uh, Sabrina also asks again, can a believer be possessed?
1: A uh, believer can still have—well, um, yeah, well, yeah. if you're tampering with things, yeah, like I talked about earlier, but the, the believer can still have um, spirits existing that, that have not been uh, cast out or renounced and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, but if you're walking with, with Christ and you're believing, you've renounced all of these things of witchcraft and all the these uh, operations of Satan— um, you have to guard yourself because, it, you know, there's a story in the Bible where it's like they cast out these demons from a man and then it says the spirits went through the land looking where to go, but then they came back to that person with seven more demons stronger than themselves and possessed that person. So, so yeah, I believe they can, but you have to guard yourself. So it's not like you can just practice anything you want and say you're Christian. Uh, you have to be fully walking and protected and guarded um, you have to guard your heart.
0: Right. R.R. asks, <clears throat> could you give an example of the Catholic church teaching something that is not in the Bible?
1: Being a Pope.
0: Yeah. Pope isn't in the Bible. Um, trans- transmutation trans- isn't in the Bible. That's right. That's right. Um, confessions aren't in the Bible.
1: Yep. Well, it says so, confess to one another, but it's like, it was never about confessing your sins to a priest. It says, the Bible says there's one mediator or one go between between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. And that's who you take your, your sins to. So the, the whole system itself is it's highly unbiblical, and that's why the Reformation has tried to um, have, have a purified church, but um, the powers that be weren't having them, so they decided to, um, to kill them.
0: Yeah, you can look up the precursor to Martin Luther was Sav- Savonarola in uh, mm. Tuscany, and mm. he was a reformer. He just said, "You guys, yeah. let's get rid of all this wealth." And he did yep. the bonfire of the vanities, yeah. And the Pope burned him at the stake right there, right at the yeah. same center yeah. thing. And that's actually that's Martin Luther. Once that happened, he's like, "There can't be. It's not reformable. We're right. having trouble reforming this kind of corruption that killed somebody who wanted to do better." So well, what happened,
1: movie. yeah, it's true. But what happened was, um, so the, the, the Church of England had such deep ties to uh, Catholicism, Roman Catholicism. And so the Reformers wanted to, you know, purify that or, you know, uh, bring it down to what the Bible actually really teaches. And so they reformed. A little bit, but they didn't reform enough. They still looked like the Catholic Church, and then they 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 wrote out like how to worship like in a missile like uh, in their like in their missiles or whatever in their their um their books or whatever. So they were they they created how you're going to worship at on this day and, and this service, and it, it had no room for God at all. It was just. This is what you're going to do. There was no personal relationship involved at all. It was just a matter of you're going to do this, you're going to kneel, you're going to stand, you're going to say this prayer, you're going to say, you know, there was no relationship at all.
0: Right, and that's the mass. Like, there's no teaching in the original Bible to have this mass, like get up, stand up, take the, you know, whatever. No. It's interesting. Uh, Brando asked, do you think angels exist, and how do we discern the difference? Because it says in the Bible, Satan can come as an angel of light. Yeah, what are your yeah.
1: Well, you're going to need uh yes, angels exist absolutely. In fact, you know, that's it's in the Bible and when angels showed up, um people fell down like they were dead because they 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 were so mighty, so powerful, so glorious. And, and first of all, let me just dispel a myth that okay, so angels aren't like babies with wings. Um and they're not, you know, they're they're not women with wings. These are a masculine war like culture and so when these people see these these beings they fall down they they literally almost die or they try to worship them and then the angel says get up you're, you're not to worship me he also right?
0: says they also almost always say do not be afraid
1: yeah and they always say don't be afraid yeah. exactly yeah because yeah don't be afraid because they're
0: <laughs> literally
1: crap their pants right and so um uh, so, do the angels exist, and how can we discern the difference? Uh, the difference being that um, the evil always comes with some unnerving, um, off-putting vibe. Like there's, a, you'll, there's always something that makes you feel like something's wrong here, right? Um, you'll know by a measure of peace, and you'll know, um, y- y- you'll know by. You, you know, you won't have that, that feeling in a sense that there, there's something wrong here. Um, and that word discern, I'm, it's so, uh, such a, a targeted word that you said there, discern. Um, you, re, you also have to have your sense of discernment very, very sharp, and you get that by having a, um, a prayer life, and the deeper and intimate you are, Uh, in your prayer life with christ the sharper that discernment becomes and then you'll be able to discern the good from the evil
0: i don't know if this is on topic but uh, we steals plato snake says what are your thoughts on mk ultra dissociation practices basically matching invocation rituals from the book of the dead do you know anything about that um
1: i don't know much about it but it it's uh, it's, it sounds like it would be something that it's, you know, it's steeped in, you know, Luciferianism and, and Satanism. So,
0: well, we are at the hour mark, uh, M.R. And what is, what's next on the agenda? What do you have coming up and how can people reach out to you?
1: Oh, man. Well, okay. So first off, I have the audio book coming out soon. I'm hoping for, I'm shooting for uh, December 2nd. Uh, so the audio book uh, will be coming out very very soon. Uh, I also wrote a full length feature uh, screenplay that I'm looking to get uh, producers or agents behind. I'm super excited about it. It's a uh, it's a it's a period piece of uh, uh, about a witch trial, and it's it it was from all of my research into this into this. Um, into this con into this content into this period that caused me to write this you know it was like 350 years of researching of trials and various things of that nature and witchcraft so i penned this this screenplay which i believe is probably the most harrowing true to life witch trial you'll you'll ever see um so again i'm looking for people to get behind so if someone's out there they want to they want to team up with a best-selling author on a on a on a very witchy script, <laughs> reach out to me. Right. Um, and
0: where, where can people find the book and where can they reach you?
1: Um, you can find the book on Amazon, uh, right now it's, uh, the Kindle version is available for, uh, $1.99 available till the end of Halloween. So if you're going to get it for the lowest, one of the lowest prices I've ever put it on for the, for the, for the Kindle version, get it now. Uh, you could also get the print version as well. Um, uh, get it on Amazon and you can reach out to me on Instagram at m.r.gorga and uh, reach out at Facebook at m.r.gorga
0: m.r.gorga g.o.r.g.a Instagram, g.o.r.g.a Facebook, right? yeah, and not we just kind of co- covered all this stuff before Halloween I'll put a link into our earlier discussion and the title of the book again if, if you're not on YouTube or rockfin is Demons Among Us Shocking real life stories from the par- paranormal. And it's M.R. Gar- Gorka. So thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you for having me. It was great. Right. Take care. Great to talk. Thanks. You. Thanks. Cheers. Cyrus. Bye bye. Stay
0: there. Stay there. Stay there.